This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, September the 9th, and coming up, we're going to be hearing from a homeless man who's spoken frankly about life on the streets in Canterbury. You can find out why we could benefit from vitamin D this winter, and an internet star's owner has been speaking about his rise to fame. But first today, there has been a significant development in how asylum seekers attempting to cross the Channel to Kent could be dealt with. The Home Secretary has reportedly given the go-ahead to a new tactic known as pushback. Now, that's where boats are turned around and sent back to France. Pretty Patel wants Border Force to be able to do it so the people can be dealt with by French authorities. More than 1,500 men, women and children have made the dangerous journey to Kent since Monday. Well, first on this, let's hear from South Thanet MP Craig McKinley, who says it's a difficult issue. The French have got a difficulty, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not being too anti-French on this, and I, and I won't be. It's visually very, very damaging, and it's just a chaotic situation. There are other means by which you must claim asylum, and it's not by making an irregular crossing. It's not being nasty. It's just that we have to do this in a regular fashion. Charities are opposed to this idea and are calling for more compassion and safe routes for refugees instead. This man arrived by boat across the English Channel in June and was housed at Napier Barracks in Folkestone. He's described it as being like a jail, particularly while trying to sleep. It's not very good because uh, it's a lot of people and making noise in the night and... uh... No one have a space. More than 12,000 people are thought to have made the dangerous journey so far this year. Kay Marsh is from the Samfire charity in Dover. We need to give people the chance to claim asylum before reaching UK shores. We need to be talking about processing people in northern France or looking into the use of humanitarian visas to bring people here directly from their country um, when it's needed. French officials say pushback would break international law. Shadow Communities Secretary Steve Reid thinks the crackdown should focus on the traffickers instead. We're now hearing Pretty Patel make some pretty callous comments about dr- driving people back in the sea. If they tried to do that, it would last as long as it took until the first boat sank and we're watching uh, women and children perhaps struggling for their lives in the English Channel. It's also understood today UK Border Force personnel have been training for months in these new tactics Lord West is the former head of the Royal Navy. If by pushing them into territorial seas they could be rescued more quickly by someone else, I think you'll get away with it. But this is not a good idea. This is very messy. The people don't want to do it. They'll keep trying to get out. They want to be rescued by us. We've got to actually get an agreement with the French. The sea is very unforgiving and uh, playing uh, silly games like trying to turn a boat around full of refugees, pushing it, and then what if it turns back again and... That is dangerous in itself. Well, on the lowdown on our Facebook Live tonight, we're going to be discussing this issue further. You can get involved in the debate when the show is on from six. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and the family of a Herne Bay barman say his death has torn a hole through the town. Lee Harlow, who was best known for working behind the bar in pubs including the Diver's Arms, passed away last month aged 32 after a battle with depression. His mum Annie has told Kent Online everybody is absolutely devastated. He was gentle, kind, selfless and beautiful. Everybody knew him in Herne Bay and he was there for everybody. He was a showman behind the bar. If there was music on, he'd be dancing and people loved 
loved that. He wasn't a boring barman. He made people happy and was an entertainer, although he was broken inside. Well, his death isn't being treated as suspicious and a funeral service will take place next Wednesday. If you're struggling, we've got details of the Samaritans at kentonline.co.uk. Plus, there's also a link there to the council's Release the Pressure campaign. The chief exec of a scandal-hit hospitals trust in Kent is going to step down next year. Susan Acott has led East Kent hospitals for the past four years. During that time, they faced a criminal investigation following the death of a newborn baby. The chairman of the trust says a search for her successor will start imminently. Boris Johnson's controversial proposals to increase the amount of national insurance we pay has been backed by MPs. The government says it'll fund reforms to social care and deal with NHS backlogs. Care Minister and Faversham MP Helen Waitley says the plans will help a lot of people. We are putting in place that cap which actually will give everybody peace of mind of knowing that whether it's somebody in their family or no, go, going to need care in the near future or in, in the longer term that you might need care, you know that the the limit of the amount that you would need to spend on your care would be £86,000. Canterbury's Labour MP Rosie Duffield was the only one from Kent to vote against it. Next today, and a homeless man in Canterbury has revealed the harsh realities of living on the streets. Michael Cordes has been sleeping rough in the city for the past three months and says he's been robbed, beaten and hospitalised. The 38-year-old's hoping that by speaking out about his experience, it'll prevent others like him from being treated so badly. He He's been chatting to our reporter, Jerry Warren. Michael, how did you find yourself in this position? Basically, I've made some bad decisions in my life. I own them and I've ended up here. You know, it can happen to anyone. It's just bad luck, really. And, I mean, life on the streets, uh, you've told us, is is pretty tough. Can you give us some examples of what you have to put up with? I mean, you get constant abuse from people, constant judgement. You suffer violence a lot of the time. It's horrific violence. People trying to set fire to you people urinating on you. I mean, it's, it's relentless. It's every day. I've been robbed, I've been beaten, I've been hospitalised. You know, it's, it's every day. There's guys out here aren't strong as me. They wouldn't survive some of the things I've been through. And, and do you find any, any sympathy, any help from people? There are some genuinely amazing people out there that will do everything they can to try and help. You know, I've got two people, Jake and Nicky, that are like my guardian angels. I'm old enough to be their dad, mm. but like they are here for me all the time, making sure I'm okay. So there some brilliant people in this world. Now, you've been in this doorway for how long? I've been in this location for about three, four weeks now. But not for much longer, I understand. Now I'm being moved on today. They're boarding it up. Um, I don't know where I'm going to go. It's just that's life out here, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, how do you see yourself getting out of this predicament? I genuinely don't know how we get out of this at the moment. I say I'm fighting for the other guys. I'm trying to be their voice because things have got to change. So the people have lost eyes and had legs broken out here. That's yeah. how bad it is. Now, speak up. of course, you will hear stories of, you know, there's lots of uh, migration going on, people coming home, get, getting, getting homes... Mm. being offered homes very quickly. How do you feel about that? Well, I haven't got a problem with them. They're fleeing a war-torn country, horrific, horrific levels of violence. Mm. And if that was us, we'd do the same thing. We'd come here. So I haven't got a problem with those. Yeah. I may have a problem with the way the local authorities handle it, but definitely not the people themselves. I have nothing but sympathy for them. Yeah. So at the moment, as of any, any moment now, you're going to be evicted and you'll be packing your gear up and trying to find somewhere else that's 
under cover, presumably, out of the elements. That's it. I mean, if you want a waterproof tent, you're spending four or five hundred pounds and you can't just walk away and leave that, so you need to be sheltered. And you need to be somewhere reasonably public where hopefully people are intervening and trouble happens. Yeah. I mean, where do you see yourself in, in, in a year's time? I hope I've won this fight, basically. That's, that is that is my, it's my dying breath. I will not stop fighting for these guys. And yeah. I won't leave them until something changes. Uh, the charity's not been able to offer you anything. There's no accommodation anywhere. They have offered me a place that is not fit for human habitation. And you'd rather stay here than yeah, that? it's cleaner than being here. And I'm not surrounded by drugs here, whereas in the accommodation provided, you're surrounded by drugs, you're surrounded by trouble. And again, that's why guys out here won't go in these places. They're recovering from addictions and they're housed with people selling drugs. You can also read Michael's story at kentonline.co.uk. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street, Maidstone. A man's been arrested after being accused of biting a police officer on a train in Kent. British Transport Police tried to search the 43-year-old while travelling to Strood. He's been questioned on suspicion of assaulting an emergency worker and possessing Class B drugs. Residents in a part of Snodland say they may have to move if stricter parking rules are brought in. Some living on an estate at Holborough Lakes have been told from early next month they can only have one car per household and will be fined if they take up more than one spot. There are concerns it'll make it harder to park with already limited space and force people out of the area. But Southern Housing Group say it's aimed at tackling illegal parking on the site. Now, medics in Kent say we could benefit from vitamin D supplements this winter, following, let's face it, a pretty lousy summer. Now, we get most of it from the sun and it keeps bones and muscles healthy while also boosting the immune system. But a lack of sunlight over the past few months and most of last year in lockdown, it's feared some of us could end up deficient. Dr Julian Spinks from Strood and nutritionist Kat Bright from Tunbridge Wells were on the lowdown on our Facebook Live last night with Ollie. Julian, should we be thinking about um, bolstering our immune system by taking supplements going into the colder season? Well, because that's the big debate as to whether supplements can bolster your immune system. I think that actually if your diet is poor, um, if you've been unwell, uh, and I, we've spent an awful lot of time locked down and indoors and so on um, over the uh, COVID um, pandemic. So those sort of things, it may be the situation that you're um, uh, lacking some of the nutrients, some of the uh, vitamins. And the one I would say people should consider is vitamin D. Um, during the summer, you can make vitamin D from being out in sunlight. But as soon as you get to about October, um, the sun is too low in the sky to actually manufacture from your skin. And so your levels start to drop. And most people, if you test uh, at the end of sort of March, which is when the sun starts to come back up again, they are deficient in that. Well, it's interesting to hear that. Um, I, I mean, Kath, in your role, you, you spend a lot of time obviously talking to people about their well-being and whether they should think about getting supplements or what they should do with their diet. Have you noticed in the, you know, Vic was talking in that in that video there that they'd seen a lot more people going, OK, I want to take on health supplements. I think I need to. Have you been having those conversations a lot more in the last 18 months? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like uh, Julian said, vitamin D is the main one. It comes from the sunlight and I, I tested a lot of people um, at the beginning of this year and actually the end of 2020 and I tested their vitamin D levels with a, a finger prick blood test and nearly every single person was deficient or had very low levels because they weren't going abroad. 
again this summer we've had an awful summer apart from like today and yesterday um and so people again aren't going to have um they're not going to be away they've had very low um sunlight in the uk so i would imagine going into this winter people are going to be very very low in vitamin d and vitamin d is this the number one um vitamin that i would recommend for immunity um it's more difficult to get from your food it's much much more reliable from the sun um, and you're only going to get it from the sun when your shadow is shorter than you are. So only particular times of the day as well, as well as particular times of the year. Thousands of school children have been sitting the Kent test today. The exam will decide which pupils will be eligible for a place at a grammar school in the county next September. Results will be emailed to parents on October the 21st. Buffering and dropping out of Zoom calls could be a thing of the past, with superfast broadband coming to two towns in Medway. £40 million is being spent on the VFast network in Chatham and Gillingham. They're proposing download speeds of a gigabyte per second when it goes live in January. Kent Online reports. Dozens of sculptures of Elmer the Elephant will go under the hammer tonight. You may have seen more than 80 large and small ones on an art trail around Maidstone over the summer. They're now being auctioned to raise money for the heart of Kent Hospice. Jax Jones and Joel Corey are going to be on our sister radio station KMFM later. They'll be joining Emma Jo on the hit list to talk about their new single Out Out. Be listening from seven. And the owner of Europe's most famous dog from Kent has been chatting about his rise to superstardom. Puggy Smalls has more than a million followers across Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. He lives in Rochester with his owner Nick Ettridge and has been on the latest episode of our Tea Time Chats on Insta. Bit of an obsession really. I wanted to spend all my time with him and I had a job where they let me take him into the office and become a bit of an office dog but I had to hide him and be a bit more sensible with him. Anyway, I was at, at, my job was cool, but I was a little bit bored one day and I popped him in an office drawer for a second and just pulled him out of the office drawer and um, memed it up. He only had like 200 followers on Facebook and as I pulled him out the drawer, it said how to de-stress at work. Put it on his Facebook, sent it to a few friends and didn't really think much of it. And then by the time I got home in the evening, he had 3 million views on that video. So it was crazy. And I, I suddenly realised, well, people people like to see my dog. He brings me lots of joy. Therefore, they can get a lot of joy out of it. Um, and then from there, the big, huge, mega Facebook and Instagram pages had eyes on Puggy. And we had a viral video once a month, for almost for six months. And by viral, it was over 100 million views on, on each video. His account started growing like crazy. His Instagram account that I pretty much only set up to not have my friends getting really kind of annoyed with me posting my pug all the time um, grew massively at the same time. And yeah, and now we're here in uh, doing interviews about me and my dog spending every second together. <laughs> Quite an unusual name. Where did that come from, Puggy Smalls? Um, so I'm uh, my lost youth in 90s hip hop. Um, I was a big fan of Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. And um, so Puggy's named directly after Biggie Smalls. Uh, maybe he's reincarnated. I don't know, but he's definitely got the uh, pizzazz that Biggie Smalls had. And obviously Puggy's a really cool dude. Does he act like a normal dog or is he? does he definitely act like a little celebrity? Uh, don't tell him he's a dog. <laughs> he thinks he's human. He thinks he's a celebrity. He laps it up. We were at a, um, for his birthday, we were at a, uh, a, a kind of country show down in the southwest in Bath. And I'm pretty certain he thought everyone was there for him to celebrate his birthday, see how he's going on. The thing is, we have a couple of other dogs and he doesn't even think that he should be in the back of the car with them. 
he thinks he's a human. <laughs> but yeah, you feel you, he enters the room. He enters the room very differently to, to anyone that I've seen before. Very confident. He knows that everyone's there for him and he works the camera. If anyone's holding an iPhone or a big black camera, he, he, he really, really kind of charms it. it it's, it's lots of fun. Kent Online Sport. Tennis and Kent's Emma Raducanu admits reaching the semi-finals of the US Open on her debut is beyond her wildest expectations. The 18-year-old from Bromley became the first qualifier to reach the last four in New York with a straight sets win over Olympic champion Belinda Bencic. She'll now become the British number one and is going to have to rearrange her transport home. I think my flights were booked at the end of qualifying, so um, <laughs> it's a nice problem to have. Yeah, I'm just really enjoying the experience and... Um, out there on the court today I was saying to myself this could be the last time you play on Ash so might as well just go for it and enjoy everything. I like to just take it one day at a time and if I take care of what I can control of then that's going to give me the best chance like until now I think it's worked very well for me not getting ahead of myself just just focusing at one point at a time and it's got me to this stage so I'm not going to change anything. I've actually got no idea about any of the records at all. Um, it was the first time I heard today that I was the first qualified to make the semis. I had no idea before that but uh yeah, I'm not I'm not here to chase any records right now. I'm just taking care of what I can do. And in cricket, Kent Sam Billings has been named in the England squad for the T20 World Cup. Ben Stokes won't be part of the team as he's taking an indefinite break from the sport to prioritise his mental health. The tournament starts in October in the United Arab Emirates and Oman. Well, thanks ever so much for listening. That's all for today. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app and that's going to give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do that, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk.